right, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuned in to His Heart Line. Thank you for joining us. Where every day we have something going on. Whether it's 1% with him, a His Heart Line discussion, or perhaps a Brandenburg block hour. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. You can also find us on Podbean. But we are here six out of the seven days a week. Here just trying to get Jesus in people's hearts to tell you how to assemble your nation, how to get your nation back, how to restore the republic, how to take accountability for your own life, and to finally be free. You know, the problem is, is that there's just too many people out there that just want to complain. They don't want to be part of the solution. They just want to whine and whine and whine and blah, blah, blah. You know, they just want to cry, cry, cry. But you know what? I tell those people, once you get off to the sidelines, grab your little juice box, go sit down, suck your thumb, and watch the real men and women get after it. Because if all you're going to do is complain, then what, then what good are you? Be part of the solution. Don't sit there and cry about it. Don't sit there and contribute to the problem or, you know, say you got the solution. Why don't you be part of it? Get involved with your assembly. But first, why don't you get involved with God? Because that's where it starts. you got to get involved with God. you got to get involved with Jesus Christ. Invite him in your heart because we can't turn this nation around unless we all point to God. God has to be centered at everything we do. I don't think many people realize just how important that little detail is. God has to be centered at the heart of everything. I mean, if we have any chance of turning this country around, that's the way it has to be. And remember what it says in Joshua 1.9. I command you, be firm and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Welcome to His Hard Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. It is Sunday, November 13th, 2022, and you are tuned in here at His Hard Line for another episode of 1% with Him, and we're going to be doing a Bible reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verses 1 through 34. It's a bit of a long one, but we're going to get rocking and rolling because then we're going to be coming back right after this show to do a His Hard Line discussion, which basically is in a National Assembly update and more, and that's going to be jam-packed full of stuff as well. So got a lot to cover and very little time to cover it in. So let's get rocking and rolling. So again, I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host. They are the ones in charge. They are at the wheel. Therefore, they are the ones that are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. Uh, But like I always say, give God and Christ full control of your life. Trust them and put faith 100% in them they will steer your personal ship through these waters and they will sell you know get you sailed into a safe harbor so you can anchor and finally get yourself on dry land where it's secure where it's safe and finally have peace so welcome again glad to have you here at his hard line so we're just going to dive right into the reading so starting with verse one here and again new american standard bible Woe to those who enact unjust statutes and to those who constantly record harmful decisions so as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor among my people of their rights so that widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the orphans. Now that will 
now what will you do in the day of punishment? And in the devastation which will come from afar, to whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the captives or fall among those killed. In spite of all of this, his anger does not turn away and his hand is still stretched out. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger and the staff in whose hands is my indignation. I send it against a godless nation and commission it against the people of my fury to capture spoils and to seize plunder and to trample them down like mud in the streets. Yet it does not so intend, nor does it plan so in its heart, but rather it is purpose to destroy and eliminate many nations. For it says, are not my officers all kings? Is not Kalno like Karshemish? And Hamath like Arpad, and Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has reached to the kingdoms of the idols, whose carved images were greater than those of Jerusalem and Samaria? Shall I not do the same to Jerusalem and her images, just as I have done to Samaria and her idols? So it will be that when the Lord has completed all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the arrogant pride of his eyes. For he has said, by the power of my hand and by my wisdom, I did this because I have understanding and I removed the boundaries of the peoples and plundered their treasures. And like a powerful man, I brought down their inhabitants and my hand reached to the riches of the peoples like a nest. And as one gathers abandoned eggs, I gathered all the earth and there was not one that flapped its wings, opened its beak or chirped. Is the ax to boast itself over the one who chops with it? <coughs> Excuse me. Is the saw to exalt itself over the one who wields it? That would be like the club wielding those who lift it, or like a rod lifting the one who is not wood. Therefore the Lord, the God of armies, will send a wasting disease among his stout warriors, and under his glory a fire will be kindled like a burning flame. And the light of Israel will become a fire, and Israel's holy one a flame. And it will burn and devour his thorns and his briars in a single day. And he will destroy the glory of the forest, of his forest and of his fruitful garden, both soul and body. And it will be as when a sick person wastes away. And the rest of the trees of the forest will be so small in number that a child could write them down. Now on that day, the remnant of Israel and those of the house of Jacob who have escaped will no longer rely on the one who struck them, but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God, for though your people, Israel, may be like the sand of the sea, only a remnant with them will return. A destruction is determined, overflowing with righteousness. For a complete destruction, one that is determined, the Lord God of armies will execute in the midst of the whole land. Therefore, this is what the Lord God of armies says, My people, you who dwell in Zion, do not fear the Assyrian who strikes you with the rod and lifts up his staff against you the way Egypt did. 
for in a very little while my indignation against you will be ended and my anger will be directed toward their destruction. The Lord of armies will wield a whip against him like the defeat of Midian at the rock of Oreb, and his staff will be over the sea, and he will lift it up the way he did in Egypt. So it will be on that day that his burden will be removed from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of fatness. He has come against Iath, he has passed through Migron. At Michmash, he deposited his baggage. They have gone through the pass, saying, Geba will be our encampment for the night. Rama is terrified, and Gabeah of Saul has fled. Cry aloud with your voice, daughter of Gilam, Galam. Pay attention, Lesha and wretched Anathoth. Madmena has fled, the inhabitants of Gibim have sought refuge, yet today he will halt at Nob. He shakes his fist at the mountain of, of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Behold, the Lord, the God of armies, will lop off the branches with terrifying power. Those who are tall in statue, stature will be cut down, and those who are lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an iron axe, and Lebanon will fall by the mighty one. And that is the reading of chapter 10, verses 1 through 34. Like I said, a little bit of a long one. So let's break this down verse by verse. Now in verses 1 through 2, the Jews of Isaiah's day not only did evil, but they also wrote it in as law and proclaimed as just things like taking advantage of the poor and widows on the personal level, the same applies if one endorses and teaches as right that which is wrong. And then the Lord is one's help without him when troubles come, there is no refuge. And that's, you know, broken down there in verses 3 through 4. Now, as we look at 5 through 11, the king of Assyria, Rezin, has been given a holy charge by God to chastise Israel for their sins. Now, however, he does not acknowledge this change, but desires to hurt Israel from his own lust for expansion. He even makes the faulty assumption that the God of Israel is like the other idols that he has destroyed when conquering. In resin, not only desires to take over Israel, but also to destroy Israel's God. Now, as we break down verses 12 through 14, God will permit Rezin to live how he wants without interference as long as his actions are performing. Oh, my right, Lord. Gentlemen. Love when that happens, I tell you. I'm going to turn the volume low on that in case that happens again. Um, but like I was saying, <clears throat> as soon as that task is performed, he will be judged for his own sins. And God will permit, permit evil to prosper for a time, but need to remember that judgment is very inevitable. Almost kind of pretty much like what we're seeing in this country. You know, God allows evil to prosper for only a time, but eventually, you know, that judgment time eventually makes its way to your front door. And as we look at verse 15, God is the maker and we are his tools. It is pointless for a tool to declare itself better than the one who crafts and uses it. And because resin magnifies himself and does not acknowledge his maker, God will in one day leave Assyria. 
Now, as we look at 20 through 24, in the day that Assyria will fall, all the remnant will return and stay with the Holy One, a reference to the Messiah, which we could see referenced in Acts chapter 2, verses 25 through 27. Now, God is moving between present, near future, and distant future events. The wonderful thing about God, God can do that. And the purpose of, his tra- of this transition is revealed in the next verse. Now, God is encouraging his believers in the present with the end result of their enemies. Now, from God's perspective, as we look at 25 here, suffering that last our entire lifetime is but a little while, if you actually think about it. God sees the bigger picture, and when one sees it with him, one is able to endure life with joy in the midst of suffering. And as we look at 26 and 27, like when God freed Israel from Egypt, God will supernaturally defeat Assyria's grip on Israel. How? Well, through the anointing. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit allows one to be freed from bondage while still being servants to other people. Now, God promises liberation in a new spiritual sense that surpasses all human understanding. And as we look at 28 through 32, this particular passage is specific to Assyria, listing key places in the country. And in the day of judgment, all the Assyrians will despise and resent Israel. Now, this was fulfilled by about 605 BC, when the Assyrian Empire had been destroyed to the point that no one knew where the major city cities had been. And though now referring to Assyria, as we look at verse 33, God returns to the theme of bringing low to the haughtiness of man found in chapters 2 and 5. And whether among his people or the stranger, God will humble all who exalt themselves and exalt the humble. And we see that referenced in Matthew 23, 12. And as we kind of start Venturing down to the last verse there in 34, the trees that was talked about there represent a richness in vitality. And so the forest of Lebanon held the strongest and most vigorous trees with strength like iron. That a mighty one will cut it down. Now in light of Psalm Chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, this could refer to when the Son of God will rule the nations with iron. Alternately, this could refer to the unseen divine will of God working in human history. And so that kind of concludes the verse-by-verse commentary. Now, I do want to go back up to something for a moment now. I was looking at, what was it? It was verse, where did I see it? Well, first off, I guess we'll just start with verse one because it was in the first like seven, six or seven verses. Six. Where it says, Woe to those who enact unjust statutes and to those who constantly record harmful decisions. Well, that pretty much sounds like anybody and everybody in D.C. Unlawful judges. People in Congress, people in the Senate, that sounds just like them. 
as we continue to verse two, where it says, so as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor among my people of their rights, so that widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the orphans. Now, I don't know about you, but that certainly sounds a lot like the elite to me. It doesn't matter if it's left or right. It doesn't matter. They're all part of the same club. Let me reread that again. Listen to this. So as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor among my people of their rights so that widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the orphans. You could pretty much read between the lines of what that could mean. But like I said, now when you get into verse 3 where it says, Now what will you do? in the day of punishment and the devastation which will come from afar. Folks, this is just Jason Jones speaking. This is just my own thoughts and what I'm feeling internally and what I'm kind of, you know, feeling in general. I'm not saying this is fact, but let me tell you something. I really do believe we are near the day of punishment for these elite evil scumbags that have not only ruled this nation, but ruled the world into a level of hell that everybody is just trying so desperately to climb out of. And when it says, and in the devastation, or what will you do on the day of punishment and in the devastation, which will come from afar? Well, how from afar? What does afar look like? I don't know. Maybe the heavens from where God sits. To whom will you flee for help? Because let me tell you something. You do unspeakable things to, to women and children. And you're a human trafficker or a child trafficker or a sex slave, you know, peddler, whatever, or a pedophile, whatever you are. That's a very good question. To whom will you flee for help? Because nobody's going to help you. Where will you leave your wealth? Again, we can only assume in this passage that we're talking about the elite class here. Who and where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the captives or fall among those killed. In spite of all this, his anger does not turn away and his hand is still stretched out. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger and the staff in whose hands is my indignation. I send it against a godless nation and commission it against the people of my fury to capture spoils and seize plunder and to trample them down like mud in the streets. Amen. That's exactly what's going to happen with these evil scumbags. We need to pay very close attention to Isaiah because the book of Isaiah is very intriguing for the simple fact that it seems to be very... Uh, there's a lot of parallels between this book in the Old Testament and what we're witnessing today in modern modern time. It's very, very interesting. So anyways, I am going to wrap this up because, like I said, the next show, we got a lot to unpack. I wanted to make this one fairly quick. This is truly a 1% with him show where we spend at least 15 minutes uh, coming up on 20 here at least. But uh, Wanda, like I said, forgive me for going a little fast on this. But like I said, next show, the uh, National Assembly update and more for the uh, next show is going to be a little bit uh, lengthy. So I kind of wanted to condense this one a little bit because... 
you know, again, there's only so much time for me to cover all this stuff and just not enough time, you know? So anyways, well, let's do a, <clears throat> excuse me, let's do a prayer, shall we? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you as usual for this day and another day of life in good health, not just for ourselves, but for our families, for our significant others, our children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, parents. We thank you for it all. And Father, we thank you for the changing of the seasons. I know some of us kind of get a little down this time of year because, you know, we're the warm weather is starting to depart from us. But you know what? We have to learn to embrace these new seasons that we often see year in and year out. And we need to be thankful for a renewal where old things die and then we can have a new cycle where new life can come about. We really appreciate all the lessons that you bring us. We, we thank you for the trials and, you know, tribulations you put through, you know, put in our lives. You know, I know sometimes when I ask for patience, you often put me in situations that test my patience. <laughs> it's not always what I had in mind, but you always have the right way to increase that patience. And for that, I thank you. Be our guiding light. Show us the way. Help us be that shining light for others and to help others accept your son, Jesus Christ, in their heart. And we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is all we have for 1% with him. Like I said, give me about a few minutes. And we're going to be right back here for a His Hardline discussion for the National Assembly update and more. It's going to be a packed show. And uh, I hope you all have a great weekend and a great Sunday if we don't see you on the other side. And if uh, I don't see you on the other side, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful evening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Every day we have something going on, whether it's 1% with him, a His Heartline discussion, or perhaps a Brandenburg Block Hour. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. You can also find us on Podbean. But we are here six out of the seven days a week. Here just trying to get Jesus in people's hearts to tell you how to assemble your nation, how to get your nation back.
it says in Joshua 1.9. I command you, be firm and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.